Lutes. Vials. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. If you don't screw up this moment somehow, maybe you won't die alone. Don't be too needy or bring up your ex. Don't say the words, her peace Don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. And now her defenses are starting to fall. Smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to ruin it all, maybe you won't die What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke, soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, this be the broke, soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Genius speaking, I'm not that broke yet. I'll have to say, tonight's card was actually very, very entertaining. A good show before a uh, good show before the big American Bash on Sunday, the day after my 37th birthday, which reminds me that I'm still three years away from fucking 40. But that's not the point. We're here to talk about NXT. All right, Vinny, do your thing. Absolutely. And uh, as my, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the elderly chap that is next to me right now, um, with his blessing, um, and we gotta, and of course we're gonna uh, try not to stay here too long because Grandpa's tired. So we're going to open the show. Uh, we have uh, the NXT. North American champion uh, Dominic Mysterio and his uh, mommy uh, women's world champion Rhea Ripley comes in. Ripley says the Judgment Day run WWE. She runs down the group's many accomplishments including Mysterio winning the North American championship. Every time Mysterio speaks the crowd drowns him out. He claims to have finally made the Mysterio name relevant. Ripley gets drowned out by a cut the mullet chant. Ripley says Mysterio's mullet is immaculate and he's never cutting it. The crowd boos. Ripley tries to talk about a match with Lyra Valkyrie Kira, but Wesley interrupts. Lee says it makes him sick to see Mysterio holding his title. Lee elevated it and he wants his title back. Ripley says NXT needed a new North American champion. Lee says he agrees. They need a new NXT champion tonight. Mustafa Ali interrupts. Ali says all Mysterio does is steal things. He stole the North American championship. Ali says Mysterio stole his chance at the title. He tried to tell Lee not to take the match against Mysterio but Lee was too stupid to listen. Lee slaps the mic out of Ali's hand. Mysterio tells both men it seems like a them problem. He'll fight both of them. He doesn't care, but he's leaving. Mysterio pushes past Ali. Ali takes a swing at Mysterio. Mysterio ducks, and Ali clocks Lee. Lee and Ali fight as Ripley and Mysterio laugh from the ramp. Lee and Ali notice and stop 
fighting. I enjoy this right here. Uh, Dominic came out there bragging, yeah, I got my own title, and thankfully that he did. And uh, Rhea Ripley made a very good point. When we have somebody new holding a title, and Vinny heard that, she, he goes, thank you! And then, of course, Wesley came out there pissing and moaning. is like, no offense, dude, you sucked as a North America champion. You are a face. It's time for a heel. Dominic Mysterio needed his his own thing. And I have to say, cut the mullet. It was pretty fucking funny. That was great. Yeah, because he has the mullet, but he makes it work very well. Unlike somebody who wears pajamas. Mm, the same. Okay. <laughs> well, my thing is, I didn't even realize, because I don't pay attention to guys' hair, because I'm straight. Um, But I didn't even realize he had a mullet until they chanted, cut the mullet. Because I haven't seen a mullet in, like, fucking years. Yeah. Like, forever since I've seen somebody with a mullet. And here's the thing. For Dominic, the hairstyle works. It works. It makes him look different. It makes him look great. And I also love the fact that they mentioned that, you know, Rhea Ripley is the women's world champion. Dominic Mysterio is the NXT North American champion. Finn Balor is about to face Seth Rollins in a rematch at SummerSlam for the world heavyweight title. And there's actually rumors circulating that Finn Balor is going to win because apparently Seth Rollins is dealing with some injuries. And he might need to take some time to go heal up so they might drop the title to Finn Balor. Which would be perfect because remember this is a seven years in the making match. Because seven years ago Finn Balor defeated Seth Rollins at SummerSlam for the Universal title to become the first ever Universal champion. But then he had to surrender the title the next day because he got injured because Seth was sloppy and injured Balor. Now obviously I'm not holding this against Seth today because Seth has gotten way better and he's improved and they've gotten rid of the buckle bomb. Thank you fucking Jesus. But those are the facts. Like I think it's time for Finn Balor to have a run with the world title especially if you want the Judgment Day to start getting taken seriously as a dominant faction. See that's what I don't like. I don't like when people say we're a dominant faction and first of all your leader doesn't have championship gold or the whole faction doesn't have championship gold. If that's the case how dominant really are you? None at all. I hate that's why I hate that shit. So and then of course you got Damian Priest who has the money in the bank briefcase. So of course therein lies a question. Is he going to hold on to that briefcase while the Judgment Day runs roughshod assuming Balor does in fact walk away with the title or could Priest cash it in either during the world title match or as you mentioned before off air or I think you mentioned it here one time on the NXT recap if I remember correctly he could cash it in during the Roman Reigns Jey Uso tribal combat match and win the title then so if that was to happen then Damian Priest could walk out with the gold and have a world title as well assuming Finn wins the world heavyweight title then you can see where they go with that and also I enjoyed um, obviously the, the Wesley comment about um, you know we needed a new North American champion yes the fuck we did yes the fuck we did I, I was I was sick of this Wesley title run I was waiting for somebody to take this fucking belt off of him so yes we did need a new champion because Wesley was stale as fuck as champion I also love Mustafa Ali when he said he steals things he goes you stole the North American championship he's like you stole your father's 619 you stole your other daddy's frog splash I thought that was a beautiful fucking line <laughs> like that was great I was fucking great. <laughs> you and I both chuckled. <laughs> we did. We couldn't help it. It was fucking great. It was. It was. It was. That was a phenomenal line. Phenomenal line. So, and everything was going great. And then, um, you know, Ali said clown and Wesley got mad. Then he said you were too stupid to listen. And Wesley started getting triggered. Because the truth is, Mustafa Ali was right. He tried to warn Wesley, don't take this match. Let us have our fight at the Great American Bash. And Wesley fucked it up. So, later on in the night, we'll talk about it here. They now make it official. It will be a triple threat match. Dominic will defend against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. As long as Wesley doesn't win, I think we're going to be okay. Wesley ends. May God 
have mercy on our souls. When oh, I'm gonna be pissed. Um, uh, when am I not pissed? Um, it's a rarity, but I'm not <laughs> pissed when wrestling is done and booked properly. Yeah. That's when I'm not pissed. Yep, very true. Now, unfortunately, in modern day wrestling, that's like seeing a shooting star. It is only happens. Blue star? Most times, yes. <laughs> because it's very, very depressing. Very, very depressing. We're not gonna let you reveal but th- that little joke. That's between Vinny and Vinny. That's gonna stay. That's gonna stay yeah, an inside joke. Guys, uh, uh, figure that out. Maybe on a maybe on the next variety show I might bring it up, but for now it's gonna stay secret. Yes, but be a secret. Yes. So I, I just really, really hope that Dominic retains. I only have one complaint with Dominic's run thus far. I don't like the fact. I really do not like the fact that he is bouncing around between the brands. I get that you're trying to make the North American title great. I know you're trying to get Dominic some title defenses, but the whole purpose, and I say this all the time, with a fucking draft was to keep the stars separate. There's not supposed to be any crossover crap unless you have like the undisputed tag team champions or the women's tag team champions. They're allowed to go back and forth. The undisputed champion can't, but I'm not going to go back on that rant. So why is Dominic Mysterio going to SmackDown and Raw? If you want to put him on Raw, fine. Because apparently we've already established that going down to NXT doesn't count as flip-flopping brands. But going from Raw to SmackDown definitely does. And the Judgment Day should not be welcome on SmackDown. In fact, there's only one member of the Judgment Day that should be allowed to go to SmackDown, and that's Damian Priest, because he has the briefcase and can cash it in on whichever champion he wants. So Damian Priest is free to go wherever he wants, but only if he's going to cash the briefcase in. So that I get. Or after the um, main event at the Great Camaro Mash between Hayes and Dragunov, he could cash it in on one of them. You think Damian Priest would go for the NXT title? Probably. Okay. Or anybody's. I'm just saying he there's gonna stop he's gonna cash it in here soon. If he does do a the Great American Bash, I'm like, okay, he's holding on to it. Or he could do it at SummerSlam. So one of those two pay-per-views there, ladies and gentlemen, boys should go do that and Vinny Bucci. It's coming. And we'll have another conversation about him winning that fucking briefcase in another day. Well, here's the thing. I don't see Damian Priest holding on to that briefcase for very long. I don't see this being a guy who's gonna wait months or close to a year to cash this in. I think he's gonna cash it in when the time is right and the and I just want to make sure if he does cash it in is it going to result in the breakup of the judgment day because for example let's say Damien fails the cash in it could be the judgment day's fault and that could be the thing that gets Damien Priest you know either to quit the judgment day or get kicked out of the judgment day or convince Rhea and Dominic to kick Finn out of the judgment day just like how they kicked Edge out so there is a lot of scenarios that can come from this we've got to figure out where they want to go and how they want to go about it. Yes, and sir. I know we're talking a lot about this, but we need to get to NXT because you guys are sitting here going, this is a lot of main roster talk. Let's get back to NXT. You're right. I'm you're sorry. right. You're right. Shut the fuck up. We'll do what we want to do. All right. You are correct. All right. Go ahead, Vin. Do your thing. Next, we get to the backstage where we see uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax. You know, Tony's obviously excited to be, uh, you know, out of the joint and uh, is excited for the tag title match at the Great American Bash when Bronco Nima and Lucian Price get into it with them. D'Angelo says he needs to shake off 
some of the prison rust, so they should have a tag match. Nima and Price agree. And he said they are coming for whoever wins the tag title at the Great American Bash between Gallows and the D'Angelo family, so they are happy to get started early. I thought this was great right here. Tony D with Stax was like, yeah, I'm ready to get back in the ring. I need to get this prison rust. And then Price and Nima come by, and you know those guys are new, and I don't know much about them. I like them. They're big guys, but they have to, a lot to prove to me. But otherwise than that, we'll see where this goes. And Tony D, he looks good coming out of a poor old jail. Still miss him in that orange jumpsuit, dude. Orange looks so good on Tony D. Yes, uh, obviously, you know, Tony being out of the pen is a great thing. And um, I'm, 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 I'm intrigued to see where they go with this tag match. You know, I'm actually really excited because uh, Nima and Price, obviously they caught our attention last week. So I'm definitely excited to see uh, more of what they can do. Because I feel like this is definitely a tag team that is going to be future champions. You know, obviously they need a little work, but um, they're very think- green right now. But give it time, I think they're going to do pretty good. Because you know why? They're not, I don't know, high flyers. They're big. That's the first thing I said last week. It's like, these guys are fucking huge. I was like, yeah, a tag team that don't look like heroin addicts. Just saying. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, they're definitely going to be, you know, future champions. Well, that's the fucking future. Now, we got to focus on the present. And on the present, ladies and gentlemen, is me, the Don of NXT, along with the underboss, finally getting those fucking tag team titles that they fucking tried to take from me and put me in the fucking joint, but now I'm out. And, um, by the way, Cherry Top, let me know, let me tell you one thing. What's that? I look fantastic in orange because the Don makes anything look sexy. That's all the fuck I gotta say about that. Well, that's the first time you're actually gonna shut the fuck up for once and let us move on with our lives? Thank you so much. Well, see, I was gonna, but then you had to open that fat Irish mouth of yours. Ah, just once, I'd like to see him use it for something other than gulping beer. But anyway. If I want someone to use your mouth for scarfing down garlic bread with pasta on the side. Hey, don't you insult my mother's pasta. I saw your mother's pasta. Your mother's pasta is wonderful. I'm talking, you just eat way too much of it. Hey, you didn't see me in the ring? I look incredible shape, okay? I I can eat all the pasta I want because I burn off the fucking calories because I'm in incredible goddamn fucking shape. And I'm not. Please, you look like you just walked out of a goddamn meth lab, kid. But like I was fucking saying, this Sunday, the Great American Bash, the family finally becomes the Tag Team Champions. Mark my fucking words. Gallus is going down. And I'll do my part. Yeah, that's right. I'll do my part. Sorry. Bunny talks. <laughs> and Gallus walks to the unemployment line. Bye. All right. Glad to see you guys getting along finally. So anyway, uh, on no, this. No, it's not going to last. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Zach, you what? know the rules. Be professional. Yes. Get get the money first. Get your sick. Get your, get your uh, big ass barrel keg of sweet water. And then do what you want to do. But you. Get them get paid first, genius. Okay, move the fuck on. I'm waiting on you. Well, excuse me for giving you financial advice. I'm gonna take it. I know what to do and not to do from now on. Shut up. <laughs> Are you sure? Positive. Trust me on that. I'm never doing that again. I'm just saying, if, if you need some advice, I'll be happy to loan it to you. Now, on that note, we're gonna move on to our first official match of the evening. We got us some six-man tag team action. Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, and Eli. Dragonoff versus the schism. I enjoy this right here. I mean, they said that they were gonna do this right here. We saw the the confrontation between the back with uh between the back. But schism got along. Problem with 
Dragonoff, Trick Williams, Carmela, Carmela Hayes, Trick Williams, Carmela Hayes did their part. They got on. Dragonoff did not. They went back and forth, up and down, side to side. It was a good physical match because a lot of the time they stayed off the fucking top rope until Dragonoff had a run over there and Joe Gacy of the uh, the schism moved out of the way. He hit um, Trick Williams. He got ran in, into the steel steps and then everything went to hell. Carmela Hayes hit nothing but that net. One, two, three. Yeah, so everything went to hell for a moment there, but then um, you know Carmelo Hayes was able to recover from it, and then of course after that, um, Trick Williams and uh, Dragonoff were getting into a confrontation, and Carmelo's trying to hold back Trick. Yeah. Because even though at first Carmelo was pissed, Dragonoff was explaining to him, I was going for Gacy, and he moved out of the way. So he wasn't trying to attack Trick on purpose. And that's pretty much been the issue that Dragonoff has had. He's been trying to help Carmelo, but accidents keep happening and shit keeps hitting the fan. Now, obviously, if you're Carmelo Hayes and you are and you know you're going into a title match with somebody, if they keep making mistakes over and over again, you're going to assume naturally it's a pattern. But we, the, li- the people watching at home that see everything because the camera shows us everything for the most part, we're able to tell that Dragunov is not trying to cheap shot anyone. He's not trying to get an early advantage. He wants to face Carmelo man to man. Why? Because he's a baby face. And a baby face always wants the man to man, hand to hand combat shot. I'm not going to attack you from behind. I'm not going to jump you. I'm going to look you straight in your eyes. And when that bell rings, I'm going to beat your ass. That's a baby face. But Carmelo doesn't know that. He's got to keep his head on a swivel. But he's able to deduce and figure everything out. But Trick, he's all emotional and shit. And Dragonov's trying to apologize. But Williams wants none of it. But there's one aspect of this match that we have to point out here. Two of the schism soldiers pulled Reed and Fowler off the apron and that's how the confusion, Carmelo was able to tag himself in, which Dragunov didn't like. And I also had to clarify to Zach that was not a hot tag. Can you explain what it is? Okay, for those of you uh, playing the home game, this is the concept of a hot tag. A hot tag is a tag that you make in a match after you've been beaten down and you've been struggling to tag in your partner. So usually, the way you can tell is a hot tag is when you got a guy who's crawling to his side of the ring and you and the, and the partner's got his hands stretched out and he's going as far as he can because he has to hold on to the tag ropes because at some point in modern wrestling they reinstated the tag ropes thank god for that shit um and they go in and you're extending the hand to make the tag and you're like can he make the tag can he make the tag and then he jumps up at the last minute bam he smacks his hand the guy gets in the ring comes in like a house of fire and starts knocking everybody out that's the hot tag because as soon as that you get tagged you come in and you're there's a clothesline or a you know uh, a flying forearm something you're basically taking everybody down like you hit one guy you're not the other guy off the apron you come in for another move and it allows you to build momentum because you've been waiting to get in the match so usually it's when both men are down and you're crawling it also helps if you've been trying to tag your partner in the whole time and the heels keep cutting it off like either either knocking the guy off the a- your partner off the apron or they grab you by your legs and drag you back to your corner or they just stomp on you and cut it off they do whatever they can to stop the tag but once you get that hot tag in the moment place explodes that's a hot tag what he did was a blind tag that's when you tap the guy on the back and get in the ring now i know the difference that's fine i'm angry just clarifying i thought that was always the hot tag yeah you know it's you know you're you're learning you're learning terms it's you know every day is a learning experience remember that and on that note uh we move on here to the next match of the evening if If we we even want to call it that we got von wagner with mr stone versus big body javi no no what i quit you you can't
can't quit. I'm on vacation. <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't like it when the original person said it, so I sure as fuck am not going to like it when you say it. So let's make that very clear. But I'm on. You can't make me. Nope. Make yes, me. I can. Nope. Yes, I can, Zach. No, you can't. Zach, recap the match. No. Yes. Nope. Yes. Nope. Yes. Nope. Yes. Or what? You're walking home. Okay, here we go. This was not a match right here. This ended in 56 seconds. 56 seconds. It didn't even make a minute. Didn't even make a minute. That's it. I was like, I was, I literally waited. I was like, this better not go longer than a minute. <laughs> it was 56 seconds. <laughs> So yeah, that's this was meh, boring, boo, ha ha, big body hobby, whatever your fucking name is, you got your ass kicked. But after that, Braun Breaker came out and attacked Vogue Wagner. Why? We don't really know. But this could start off as some, uh, a rivalry between Braun Breaker and Vogue Wagner. I'm interested to see where this goes. Vinny, your thoughts? Well, I was not surprised that it was a squash because it was big body hobby. I was expecting a squash. If this went longer than, I'm, and I'm being generous here, if this went longer than two minutes, I'd have been pissed. Uh, and I'm being generous here with that. I understand that totally. Yes. So, Javi attacks Wagner as soon as the bell rings. He quickly takes control, beats him down in the corner. Wagner hits the big boot, tosses him all over the place, hits the freak accident and the one, two, three, squashes him. Then, the crowd chants for a table, and Mr. Storm, who normally, who normally tells Wagner not to put people through tables, says, put him through the fucking table. <laughs> Which is great, because normally, you know, Mr. Stone's begging him not to do it, but you know what? what? We had the match, he won, big body Javi won to start some shit. Fuck it. Put him through the table. Let's have fun. And he sends him power bombing through the table. Oof. And they celebrate. And that's when Braun, you know, obviously comes in with the attack, grabs the chair. Referee's official down the ringside. One of the referees rips the chair out of Breaker's hands. He laughs as Wagner rides in pain on the floor. Now, here's the weird thing, though, that happened. If you notice, you know, Breaker's got the chair. He lifts it up and then he hits the ground. And then all of a sudden, you see Mr. Stone checking on Wagner and pushing him away. Now, what's weird weird is that when Breaker swings down the chair, you can clearly see he's not hitting Von Wagner. No, he's not. Now, here's what I'm going to assume happened because, look, let's be real here. These guys aren't stupid. Breaker's not a dumbass. He knows what he's doing in that ring. Von Wagner is also not stupid. I think what they wanted to do was, I think the way he was lining that up was they wanted him to hit him in the head with the chair. But obviously, they're very, very careful with headshots nowadays due to the fact of concussions and everything else. So I think think they wanted us to create the illusion that he hit him in the head with a chair, but whoever was editing the footage pulled back too early, so all you see is him smacking the ground. So I think he was supposed to smack the ground and then Wagner, and then Mr. Stone was supposed to freak out and go check on him, and we were supposed to think, oh, he bashed him in the head with a chair. So that's a massive fuck-up on NXT's part. They fucked that up. They botched that. That was goddamn ridiculous. It was stupid. It was dumb. It was idiotic. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I'm wondering if anybody noticed and one person so has noticed that Braun didn't even hit him. Everybody else apparently has bought into this shit. Look at this. Only one person has caught this so far on Twitter. This is sad. This is pathetic. And this is stupid. This is y'all, y'all, y'all on Twitter didn't even catch this. This is sad. One person on Twitter thus far has caught that he didn't hit him. So I don't know if I should blame Braun Breaker or if I should blame the camera people. But I'll tell you this this much. If I'm Shawn Michaels, I'm having a chat with the producer because I don't think it's K 
Kevin Dunn? Because I think with NXT, they have their own camera crew and their own separate thing going on because Kevin Dunn's not really hands-on with NXT. He's more focused on Raw, SmackDown, and the premium live events. So whoever the camera person was, they fucked that up and made Braun Breaker look stupid. But apparently on Twitter, only one person fucking noticed. That's, that's kind of sad. That's kind of pathetic. Very pathetic. And on that note, we cut to an in-ring segment with Gable Steveson. Uh, Steveson comes out. He thanks everyone in NXT. He introduces himself to the crowd. A USA champ breaks out. He notes that next year he could become the first ever two-time Olympic gold medalist. Or he can go back to college and become a three-time NCAA champion. He's already won twice. He says he's made his decision. Before he can tell us, Baron Corbin interrupts. Corbin tells Stevenson to go back to college and win another championship. Or he should go back to the Olympics. Just don't choose NXT. If Stevenson chooses NXT, Corbin will have to make him do something he hasn't done before. Fail. For eight years, he's done what he's asked. But Corbin no longer cares. Corbin says he's a great white shark and he smells blood. Stevenson tells Corbin that he's made his decision easier for him. Stevenson challenges Corbin to a match at the Great American Bash. Corbin takes a swing at Stevenson. Stevenson German suplexes Corbin. Corbin tries another punch. Stevenson ducks that and sends Corbin flying with a belly-to-belly suplex. Corbin rolls out of the ring and gets swarmed by referees and security. I enjoy this right here, basically, but here's the thing. Baron Corbin did not throw the first punch Gabriel Stevenson did, unless I didn't see it. No, uh, Corbin threw the first punch. He did? Yeah, Stevenson just challenged him to a match at the Great American Bash. Well, yeah, I enjoy this right here. Gabriel Stevenson says, like, like, I made up my decision, and now at the Great American Bash, I'm going to see Baron Corbin against Gabriel Stevenson, and this is going to be cha- a challenge for Stevenson right here, because he's going to get somebody who's bigger than him. And, and I'm going to see it as long I'm waiting to see a bear cub and got rid of, the, you know, the gut. <laughs> I enjoy this right here. It was fun to watch, but we're going to see Gabe Silverstein in an action. I'm looking forward to this. You talk a lot of talk, but see if you can back it up. And that being said, Vinny, your thoughts? Obviously, Gable needs a lot of work on his mic skills. He's he's a little, eh, but keep in mind, he's new. So he's got the athletic ability. He obviously has a great wrestling background, for Christ's sake. He's a fucking Olympic gold medalist. He's the only other Olympic gold medalist besides Kurt Angle now in professional wrestling. So his wrestling skills are there. And... And he is like Kurt Angle in the sense that, you gotta remember, when Kurt Angle first started, he wasn't that great of a promo either. It took a long time for Kurt to get good at promos. Now, was he the best talker in wrestling? No. He was not even in the top 10. But Kurt was good enough, even as he got better, he could still draw money with his promos. So, you don't have to be a top 10 level promo to draw money with your promos. You just gotta be good enough to sell tickets. And Kurt was good enough to sell tickets. Hopefully, Gable will be someday. And I like the fact that he talked about the options that he made. There's just one thing I'm confused about, and if I ever get a chance to interview Gable, I have a lot of questions I'm going to ask, but this is the main one I'm going to ask. How are you able to go back to college and compete in the NCAA after winning the Olympics? Isn't there some kind of policy against that? Or is that or is that only if you turn pro? I know there's that. Like, if you, for example, if you become a pro athlete, and apparently basketball is the exception here, but there's a rule in sports that if you turn pro, you can't go to the Olympics. I've never heard that. that, that it's, it's the truth. You okay. cannot go pro and then go to the Olympics. I learned that. There was this movie a long time ago where this guy won, wanted to feud with this person who apparently hurt his brother or something. He wanted revenge. But the only way you can get a match with him is to be a pro athlete. So he literally sacrificed his Olympic goals, turned pro, just so he can get revenge and fight this person. I don't remember what the movie was about, but I learned that's where I learned that. That you. That's why, like for example, Muhammad Ali won, I think, a gold medal in boxing or some type of medal in boxing. 
boxing. After he won the Olympics, then he went and became a professional boxer. And that's when he became the float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, rumble young man, rumble three-time boxing champion in his career. So uh, so I know if you go to the Olympics, you can't turn pro. But unfortunately, even though technically this is professional wrestling, this style of wrestling that Gable does doesn't have a pro league. They tried one in 2005. It was called RPW, Real Pro Wrestling. And I thought it was a great fucking thing. And I think it could have took off easily. But unfortunately, it didn't have the funding. It didn't get quite the ratings it did at the time. But I'd like to believe that if they were to restart that at some point, it would be much better. I think it actually worked because it combined different styles of wrestling into one. They had folk style, amateur style, freestyle, Greco-Roman, even sumo. Like If you push somebody out of bounds, you can get a point like you do in sumo wrestling. They try to combine everything. And I thought it would have been a great league. So that confused me because that would be awkward to go to the Olympics and then go back to college and wrestle in the NCAA. I don't know if that's legal. I have to find that out. But that's odd. That was that was the only thing that threw me off was I was like, what? But go where the money is. Obviously, yes, you want to go where the money is, but also, you know, you want to make sure you don't have unfinished business. Like, how badly do you need to win a second gold medal? I don't think he needs to, really. You got one, you're good. Do you really need to be a three-time NCAA champion? I think two's enough. And, you know, with NXT, you have the opportunity to make some money, be in pro wrestling, go to the main roster, and, you know, you're going to be billed as the next Kurt Angle, but you can still become the first Gable if you're able to surpass Kurt Angle, which, if he stays in WWE, and I mean no disrespect to Kurt Angle when I say this, it'll be easy to do. Because here's the thing people need to understand about Kurt Angle. He started his professional wrestling career in 1999. He retired in 2017. Most of Kurt Angle's wrestling career was in TNA because he left WWE in 2006. Went to TNA, stayed there for 10 years of his career, and left in 2016. Then eventually came back to WWE and in 2017 got inducted to the Hall of Fame and then two years later had the retirement match with Corbin. So Kurt Angle didn't only won like what? Maybe, I don't know how many titles he won in WWE. Maybe six. Hold on, I'm checking here. Yes, it was six because he was a four-time WWE champion. He had one run as the World Heavyweight Champion when the World Heavyweight title was brought in when they tried to do the two-champion brand split the first time. And then, of course, there was the WCW Championship that was around briefly during the Invasion Angle. Kurt Angle had a run with, as the WCW Champion. So those are all counts. So he's a six-time World Champion. Who knows? Maybe Gable could pass six. You know, we could see. He has an opportunity, really, to build upon that. And we'll see. Because I'm, I'm intrigued to see how good Gable can be. Because he's been with WWE for at least a couple years, technically. But he was going for the Olympics. He was debating whether or not to go for another, um, you know, gold medal and figure that out and everything. But also, he was training. But the problem is, for a long time, his training wasn't getting there. He wasn't where they needed to be. But they kept working with him. So now, I guess we finally reach a point where he's ready. And guess what? Some people might look at Gable and see that as a bad thing. But here's what people don't realize. In the old days, wrestlers trained for years before they had their first match. Even Hulk Hogan, who's one of the greatest ever, he admitted he trained for two years before he had his first match. With Hiro Matsuda, he trained him for two years because it took him that long before they felt he was ready to have that match. Some people progress faster than others. Others need more work. Like, there's guys like Randy Orton who took to it naturally, you know? And other people, they just needed more training. And they get better and they get better. But here's the thing, though. You want to make sure, especially in today's wrestling, you don't want to be put on TV as much as you might want to be because you know TV's where you're going to get the fame and the glory and the money. But you want to make sure before you go on TV, you know exactly what the fuck you're doing. Very true, sir. Because if you don't, you're going to embarrass yourself and you're going to look like a noob because you're clearly not ready, Nick Wayne. And, you know, I don't... And I, and I want Gable to make sure he's ready. Now, from what 
what I've seen from little things he's done, it looks like he's ready. But it won't be until the Great American Bash that we know for sure that he is ready to be on TV. We'll know when we see him in the ring. But I'm excited for this match. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area. We see Hayes, who tells Dragunov that Williams is pissed. Williams barges in and the two argue. Hayes tells when they need to be professionals. Will says this isn't about Hayes, it's about him. He's going to call Dragunov out tonight. I figured this was going to happen right now. I was intrigued what was going to happen because I seriously thought that Dragunov and Bella was going to uh, get into it. But apparently, Trick Williams is... What's the word I'm looking at her looking here for, Vinny? Pissed? <laughs> very pissed. He looks very pissed off. He even yelled at uh, Carmelo Hayes. So I'm eager to see what uh, Mr. Trick Williams has to say to Dragunov because I know it ain't going to be nice. So, yeah. Vinny, your thoughts? Well, the way I look at this is obviously Hayes and Dragunov are on the same page. Yes. As far as Dragunov hitting Trick was unintentional. They both agree on that. And they're both trying to be professionals because they're both baby faces. They want to enter this match like fighters, like men, like gentlemen. Because they already know, look, Sunday at the Great American Bash, we're going to have a match. We're going to fight. I'm going to put my title on the line and the better man is going to walk out champion. We've already established this. But Trick is taking it personally. And this, in a way, is kind of causing a little bit of argument or dissension between him and Carmelo. Because Hayes is like, we need to be better than this. And Trick's basically saying, nah, fuck that, man. He came out to my pride, homie. I got to get mine. Never question a man's pride. Yeah, but Hayes is telling him, look, no, you can't be doing this, but he don't care. No, he does not. Next, we go to the backstage area where Mysterio is helping Ripley stretch. Uh, Mysterio asks Ripley if the triple threat, the Great American Bash was a good idea. Ripley says mommy is always right and she's always on top just like she's going to be after her match tonight. thought this was great right here. Uh, Alright, I love the part where uh, he, she's just like stretching with her big beautiful leg on top of a, a dom. I'm like, yeah, like Zach, there's no chance in hell with you and Ripley. I was like, like a dream. Congratulations but, uh, there buddy Matthews. Anyways, I thought this was good good right here. I was like, okay, and he asked a serious question. She think this was a good idea, and she said, I'm always right, and I'm always on top. I said, I wish you were on top of me. Anyways, go ahead, Vinny, your thoughts. <laughs> And you know that's what everybody was thinking when she said, I'm always on top. That's what everyone's thinking because everyone looks at the Rhea Ripley-Dominic situation and the fact that, you know, kayfabe-wise, we assume they're fucking, even though in real life, Rhea's with Buddy Matthews, you know? Hell, even Rhea Ripley one time, she was reading, um, she was doing this, like, interview thing where she was reading uh, emails or tweets and answering, and she goes, what is you and Dominic's favorite thing to do together? And she said, y'all know the answer to that one. And then someone, and then there's a bleep, and it goes, fuck. Basically, she's saying that they love to have sex, even though they're not having sex. We already know this. Um, believe me, if Rhea Ripley was single, I would probably assume that Dominic would be tapping that, or on the road to tapping that. But, since we know Rhea's with Buddy Matthews, and here's the thing, they both understand the business. You know, she they understand that wrestling to a degree is acting. Now, it's not exactly like acting, but there are some similarities. Like, you know, sometimes if you're, like, if you're an actor in Hollywood, or just an actor in general, there may be scenes where you have to kiss a girl, or kiss a guy, or kiss somebody, or and grope each other, or whatever. But you, but as long as you have a a partner who is emotionally stable and understands the fucking difference, you can handle that. They know. Look, I'm doing this sexual thing on camera, but once the cameras are off, there's no nothing sexual going on between me and the partner I'm on camera with. I'm going home to my family. I'm going home to my significant other when this is all over. And there's an understanding there. And as long as you 
have a partner that understands that. That's why most times actors tend to date other actors or wrestlers tend to date other wrestlers because we know. We're in the know. We get it. You know, you understand, you comprehend what's going on. So Buddy's not sitting at home going, Dominic's eyeballing my woman. He Because he understands that if he is eyeballing his woman, it's when the cameras are rolling, not when the cameras are off. There's no hanky-panky off camera going on between Dom-Dom and Mommy. So simple as that. So it was a great segment and it, it helped set the stage for everything that's going to happen. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got ourselves a kendo stick match. Dana Brooke with Kalani Jordan versus Cora Jade. I thought this match was great. These two ladies beat the living shit out of each other right here. But, um, I mean, Cora Jade gained momentum at the first beginning of the match. And then it went back to Dana Brooke. Then it went back to Cora Jade. But what I liked, uh, what Dana Brooke did was uh, suplexed Cora Jade on a bunch of kendo sticks. And those really have to hurt. Because you saw the welts on um, Dana Brooke's back. But otherwise than that, great open match. You two ladies beat the living shit out of you. At least none of them was wearing um, pajamas. Gator. But otherwise than that, I enjoyed living the hell out of this. And thankfully, Cora Jade did not win. We don't like Cora Jade here on the Beach Cast. We just don't. She just tries way too hard. Manny, your thoughts? Very well done match. Uh, it was violent. It was brutal. I do have one question. Why the fuck was Dana wearing a fucking burlesque goddamn mask to the ring? What the fuck was that? She looked like she was going to some sexual eyes wide shut fucking swingers party or something. What, what was it, like, Fifty Shades Darker or some shit? Like, what the fuck? Fifty Shades, Dana. I guess. Like, what the fuck was that? That I, 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 My first thought was, please tell me she's not debuting some new gimmick. Please tell me they are not putting her in a mask. Because why are you putting her in a mask? We know who the fuck she is. We know what she looks like. Why would you put her in a mask? Why? It makes no fucking sense. But thankfully, she, just, she took it off when the bell rang. So I'm like, okay, I can handle this. And obviously, again, it was brutal. It was violent. There wasn't a lot of wrestling, but they didn't need to be. And again, this is why I'm okay with stuff like this, as long as there's variety. Like, this is a kendo stick match. The majority of the match, there's kendo sticks involved. You're not gonna see that on any other match on the card tonight. That's why it's acceptable. Now, if there were matches before this, or matches after this, that had a lot of weapons or kendo sticks, then it would look stupid. But because this is the only match that's hardcore, and because there's a lot of personal shit involved here, it makes sense, because there was a story being told that built up to this. Mishu, 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 I did not see a goddamn story. Where is the story? I do not see the story. Someone needs to tell me the story. I need story time. I need the story time. There was no story. This was like watching a monkey fuck a football. This is more fucked up than a soup sandwich. What the fuck am I watching on the TV? This was not wrestling. This was not wrestling. It shit upon my business. Vinny, you take this one. I don't really don't want to hear this right now. Shut up. Don't, don't sit there because you afraid to have a conversation sitting there talking about this was good, this was bad. I can't believe it. Did you believe I watched the show? Because you can't tell from my voice. Uh, Gator, okay, now you're being a dick. You need to fucking go away. You're at pissing everybody At least I show up. up. Fuck you. I, at least I have a real job. So anyway, uh, we gonna I do go. have a real job, but I still make it on time now. Yeah, it's great. Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah, fuck you. Okay, Gator, you can go now to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. Gator, go to the basket. Basket. I'm not going to the basket. Gator, I'm going to the basket. You cannot make me go to the damn basket. Gator, you want to lose the territories? Fuck you. 
All right. Jesus I'm Christ. I'm going to get a <laughs> I'm going to get a text and a phone call from him. Gator, bring it. Don't if you're pissed off, you can come talk to me cuz this is what I'm going to do. Blah 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 blah. And there's a movie that I would love to love for you to uh watch, watch and listen to. It's called Click. We got heat, motherfucker. I can start fucking heat if you want me to. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're just playing around. Easy. Easy. Both y'all. Retract your claws. Calm your tits. Akuna your tatas. So anyway. um, Stealing gimmicks. <laughs> You can steal whatever I want. It's my show. So, anyway, like I said, very, very violent match. A lot of crazy shit was going on. Uh, in the end, Dana Brooke got the win, which is what should have happened. And my first thought was why they put this on free TV and not on the pay-per-view. But then I get my answer later, so I'm kind of glad this is on free TV. Because we get an answer to that later. And after that, we get to the backstage area where Carmelo Hayes, who tells Dragunov that Williams is going to call him out tonight and he isn't looking for a match. Dragunov says he's fine with that. He admires Williams and Hayes' friendship, but if Williams calls him out. Hayes knows what he's going to do. Hayes tells Dragonoff it doesn't have to be like that. Dragonoff says it does. Tonight, he will break Williams. And at the Great American Bash, he will break Carmelo Hayes. He was just trying to walk away and go home. And Williams says, watch your back, basically. And it's like, okay, I will. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go out there, kick his ass. And at the Great American Bash, I'm going to kick your ass. Basically what he was saying. Am I right or am I wrong? Yes. Uh, Dragonoff uh, doesn't back down from shit. That's just the thing. He's one of those guys. He's a hothead, and if you call his name or call him out, he's going to be like, all right, motherfucker, you want to go? Let's go. We can do this. I'll kick your ass. I don't care. That's Dragunov. Hayes is the one trying to play Peacemaker because he is A, a babyface, is what babyface does, and B, you also take into account, Hayes is the type of person that when he defends his title, he doesn't want any excuses. He doesn't want he doesn't want to risk Dragunov not showing up at 100% and that being used as an excuse for why he doesn't win the NXT championship. Carmelo's one of those guys that's like, I want you healthy, I want you one-on-one, so when I beat your ass, there's no excuses, and you have to accept the fact that I am him. That's what matters to Carmelo. That's why he's saying he wants this to be professional. He wants to beat Ilya at his best. And if you're a true babyface, hell, if you're a true competitor, you want your opponent to be at their best. Because you want to say you beat them at their best. They gave you everything they had, and it wasn't enough to beat you. That's an accomplishment. That's pride in your work and pride as a fighter. And that's why he wants that. And it's beautiful to see. Very beautiful to see. It's wonderful. Yes. Then we cut to the backstage area with Damon Kemp, who talks to Charlie Dempsey and Gabba Gulak about being his new training partners. And Dempsey agrees to train with him. I think I was outside of taking the piss. I didn't take, I didn't see this at all, Vinny. Sorry, you take over this one, man. Uh, Well, it was kind of a what the fuck kind of moment. Didn't really make sense. I think Damon's trying to find new people to train with. Here's the thing about Damon Kemp. He is very talented. He is very good in the ring. But storyline-wise, he has no fucking direction. Ever since he lost, I think it was Julius. It was Julius. In that ambulance match, he has had no direction with his character. He has been floundering around, being thrown in one random feud or one random match after another. He just had the NXT Underground match with Eddie Thorpe, and he lost. So I think that's why he's looking for new training partners. It makes sense. Hey, clearly, I need to improve my game. I got my ass kicked by Eddie Thorpe. 
in a type of match that I should have won in. So I'm going to go talk to Dempsey, or at the very, at the very least, Charlie Dempsey, because Dempsey obviously knows what he's doing. Gabagulak, he's a better teacher than a wrestler anyway, so I guess that works, but... He knows what he's doing, at least in the ring, when it comes to Gabagulak. I yes. definitely see that. He knows what he's doing. And here's the thing, though, and this is a common misconception about people who can train you in wrestling. Just because a certain wrestler didn't necessarily become a world champion or a main event player or made the big time, just the fact they have experience working on television, working for a legit company, and being properly trained on top of that, they can still teach. As long as you have the tools, you can teach. Now, obviously it helps if you've been a multiple-time world champion, but just being experienced in wrestling, period, you can train somebody. Because there are plenty of people out there, like Gator, who have wrestling schools and know what the fuck they're doing. Like, we joke about Gator, we do the impressions, we do the shit back and forth, but here's the thing. Gator does know his shit when it comes to teaching wrestling. That's why I like having him share his expertise on the show, whether it's during classic pay-per-view reviews or when we recap AEW. So, Gator does have a wealth of knowledge to give, even though he's never been on WWE or WCW or, you know, on network TV in front of a global audience. He still has enough experience wrestling on the indies and the knowledge he's required from working matches and being in a wrestling family that he can still teach. And the knowledge he gives is still knowledge that kids can use and learn and study to become better wrestlers. Gator can at least make you competent enough to get in a ring and work. If he can't do nothing else for you, he can get you competent enough to where you can work a match and cut a promo. Because those are his, are his areas of expertise. Now, promo is where he shines the most, but he can still teach wrestling as well. It's just promos are more his specialty. But when you come out of Gator's school, you at least have a basic fundamental idea of what the fuck you're doing in a ring, which already makes you light years ahead of some of these mud show guys that don't know what the fuck they're doing at all. And then, as you get experience working in different places and sitting under the learning tree of legends that you meet on the road, you can become better. Like, that is a key piece of knowledge. If you're working an indie show and there's legends there, you want to sit under their learning tree. That is key. And I'll give you two examples that I can give you. Most of the time, when I've gone to indie shows with Buff, every now and then, not all the time, but every now and then there'll be a wrestler that'll come up to Buff and say, hey, can you watch my match tonight? And here's how great of a guy Buff is. He always says yes, and as someone who sits next to him at his gimmick table because I work with him, he's paying attention to that match. And every so often, he'll say something to me that he notices, or I'll say something to him that I noticed, and we talk back and forth. And he will go and give that kid his honest opinion. That's the thing about Buff. He's gonna be honest with you. He's not gonna bullshit you. If you go out to that ring, and you put on an awesome match, he will tell you, awesome job. If you shit the bed, he'll tell you, that was a drizzling shits. You did god awful. You need a lot of work. You need to do better. He'll tell you the honest answer. And here's the other, that's the other piece of advice. If you're gonna ask someone in the business that's a legend, that's a veteran, for their opinion, you gotta be prepared to hear their honest opinion. If you ask for honesty, they're gonna tell you, you suck, you need a lot of work. Your response should be, okay, what do you think I need to do to get better? Even if you disagree with what they said, listen, and then after they give you the advice, you have the decision after they give you that advice, after you walk away, shake their hand, be respectful, always be respectful, and then once you walk away, then you can decide, wow, that was really good advice, or wow, that guy's full of shit. That's up to you once they walk away, but when you're sitting there listening, listen, because the last thing you want is a reputation for being somebody that mouths off to legends and veterans, because then nobody's going to want to give you advice, or no one's going to want to work with you, and I remember when I was in my early years of commentating, I got a chance to get advice from Scott Hudson, who worked for WCW as a main commentator. 
here with Tony Schiavone and he gave me a lot of advice. I sat under his learning tree. One of the best pieces of advice he gave me and I'll share it here was your job as a commentator is to help them tell the story and help guide the, the person at home. So you're not bigger than the match. You help tell the story. For example, if you're seeing a match with a bunch of high spots and they're just jumping around, flipping around, flipping around, flipping around, flipping around, don't say anything. Let them do what they gotta do. Let let them take the high. Then once, then once you see a rest hold or once everything starts to slow down, then you can start to explain what's going on. But no, no when to no when to speak and when to let the wrestlers just do their thing. And that's and that's something you learn over time or learn to keep up. You, you learn different thing aspects. And he also said this: if the commentator is the most famous person on the show, the company is shit. If the commentator is the biggest legendary name on the show, the company is shit. You want to let you want big name commentators on your show, but you want to make sure the wrestlers in the ring are the bigger stars because they're the ones that are telling the story and you just help guide the story with your words. Solid advice I got from Scott Hudson. One of the best. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. Bronco Nima and Lucian Price versus the family. It seems that Tony D did not lose his step one teeny tiny little bit at all. Bronco and Lucian, they did fucking good and they're not that bad in the ring. They're still green in the like a motherfucker, but they got a lot to learn, but they got the potential to be a great tag team. Want to know why, Mr. Vinibucci? Why is that? They're not spot monkey dipshits. <laughs> Desmond. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not spot monkeys. Nope, nope, nope. Not at all. Nope. But I, I enjoy this right here. And Scripps is out there talking crap and everything else. Yeah, I love these guys right here. And I called it dinner and I was like, actually, he's going to come there and get his receipt. Did actually come out there and get his receipt? He came out there and got his receipt. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and like, then they went, they stormed through the ring and everybody's like, what the fuck? And that turned out to be uh, a distraction, a good distraction for Tony D and Stax. They hit their finisher, the bada bing, the bottom boo. One, two, three. You really think Tony D and Stax were going to lose that match. His Tony D's first official match since he got out of jail? No. Vinny, your thoughts? Well, of course he wasn't going to lose. Not only was it his first match back, it's the go-home before the bash where they're fighting for the tag team titles. It would be stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. Fucking stupid to have them job on TV when they're about to go for the tag belts. Especially since Tony D is over. Let's make that clear. This motherfucker is over. Gators even said Tony D'Angelo was the only thing about NXT that Gator likes. That's his main thing that he looks forward to. He's he's frustrated as hell that he is not the NXT champion right now. Oh, poor little you. Get over it. I personally feel like he should be NXT champion. Now, obviously, they have other plans right now, so I can be patient with it. But Tony definitely deserves a run with the NXT title at some point. I don't mind him and Stax being the tag champs right now. Eventually, down the road, Tony D has the main belt and Stax has the North American championship. That would be great. Assuming they're still a team by then. Hopefully, they are. If they break these two up, oh, good Lord. (laughs) Vinny will have a field day. At least let them have a run with the tag belts first before we split them up. Don't have them split up. Especially at the bash, don't have them split up. Jana Baser, Ronda Rousey. Don't even get me started on that. I ain't got... (laughs) I ain't got time for that fucking shit. Okay. 
Okay. You okay. wait till the male soap opera <laughs> moment. Wait till the male soap opera moment. I'm gonna. I got a little bit. I'm gonna do on the Money in the Bank recap. But when we get to the SummerSlam predictions, be ready. I got a lot. of I've been. Ooh, I'm so fucking mad. I'm not gonna get into that. Nope. 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 I. I you know what? I. You know what? I, I. I. I can't even talk right now. I can't even talk right now. I need to leave the room. I need to leave the room. No. I'm gonna go take no. a breath. I gotta take a no. break. I'm getting out of here. No. 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 no I'm no. leaving. I'm no. leaving the room. Fuck I am you. Leaving the room. I have to go no. right now. Yeah, I'm not. I'm don't you leave here. me here. Okay, Zach, you're just gonna have to handle NXT. I gotta step out. I gotta step out. I gotta step out. Uh, yeah, folks. Yeah, this really, this, this was great right here. I thought this match was good, but Tony D, he looked kind of fucking sloppy. Well, who the fuck are you calling sloppy, Cherry you, Top? You, I'm calling Do you, you not watch that fucking match? Okay, look. First of all, first of all, sloppy, clearly, sloppy, 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 sloppy. Clearly, your fucking friend needed to leave the room. He's all bent out of shape over uh, two MMA girls that look like about to fight in a fucking mud pit or whatever the hell they're doing at fucking SummerSlam. Personally, I'd rather see that than whatever the fuck they're coming up with. But anyway, point is, of course, me and Stax, we took care of business. These two wannabe gangsters, these wannabe Mama Lukes, they got what was fucking coming to them. They think they can run the streets. Uh Uh-uh. The Don is back. He runs the fucking streets. Everybody knows that the Don is the man in charge, and me and the underboss got a date with fucking Destiny. And after the match, Gallus tried to appear on the on the on the Tron, promising to take us out. Well, guess what? You wish you could take us out. Take those title belts and get them all nice and shiny. Cause I want to be able to see my reflection in them when I fucking take those titles from you. My reflection stacks refresh reflection. We want to see them in there. So make sure they're nice and clean. Otherwise, I'll rip you off your fucking shirt and I'll shine it with that. Cause your shirts will be fucking worthless. After we beat you one, two, three in the middle of the fucking ring. And that's a fucking fact. Are you sure? I'm positive. All right. Like I said in the beginning, I'll do my part, but keep at it. I, uh, the prize from 10 will go up to 15 if you don't shut your fucking mouth. Whoa, 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 Hold the fucking phone. You don't, you don't raise the rates on the dock. Not for the go home, we don't. You make an agreement, you honored it. We already negotiated. There's no raising of the rates. Keep at it. I'll keep on raising it. But first of all, first of all, first of all, keep at what? You don't you annoying as hell. Okay, listen here. Listen here, Cherry Top. First of all, you the one that fucking starts shit every time I come on here, okay? I do so not. So it's you not start, like how do I start it? You I'm literally on just here. Show, just Talking. That's all you have to do. That's all I have to do is yeah, fucking talk. That's all I have to fucking do. That's all I have to fucking do. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? 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 Well, guess really. Well, if I have a dick in your mouth, it's your mother's ah, dick. That's what it is. Vinny, take this. Stop this from happening before we end up saying something that we're gonna regret. Hey, first of all, he's already out of the fucking room, so well, I don't know why you're calling him. back right now. Okay. Ha-ha, you're in trouble. Uh, I'm not in fucking trouble. 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 Out of trouble. Fuck, you, the Don is never in fucking trouble. I run shit here. You just talk here. Yeah. All right. You guys work for me. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. Hold the fuck. 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 Give me the fucking mic. Hold up. Hold up. Hold the phone here. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Don. 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 Look. Let's, let's have a conversation here, sir. Normally, I don't talk to you when you're when you're on here. I normally, uh, you know, I let you and uh, Zach have whatever love fest y'all are having over here. Whatever tensions going on between the two of you. But just to be clear, Don, you run the streets. I run the booch cast. Let's make that very, very clear. Okay. 
right? You have your jurisdiction. I have my jurisdiction. I am generous enough to let you visit my town. I ex I expect you to show respect just as you would show respect to other people that you do business with. Now, I can assure you on my end, my associate will not be raising any rates. He will help you at the price that he agreed upon. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. He will honor his commitment, but you will show me respect on my turf just as you would expect respect to be shown on your turf. Now, do we have an understanding, sir? You. I knew I fucking liked this guy. The, uh, the fucking balls on you, kid. Jesus Christ, they must be bigger than Cherry Tot's mother's tits or something. I don't know. I'm saying here. That is impressive. You know what? Just for that, just for that, Mr. Boots, just for that, you're right. I do apologize. You know, Don, I'm a man. I'm a man. I apologize. I, I disrespected you on your turf. That was that was wrong of me. That was selfish. That was unprofessional. I apologize for that. So uh I, I will do that. I will I will respect your turf. This is your house. You are the boss under this, and I will do that. So with that said, I'd like to uh, you know, give some congratulatory, uh congratulatory uh wine over here better yeah i got let me see i got you a drink right over here all right yeah let me get a drink for let me get a drink uh for the booch over here stacks stacks bring a drink over here for the booch uh no cherry top don't get his drink till after the bash not till after the bash when the deed hey when the deed is done you're getting a keg so i'm just saying and i think that's more than fair but hey booch to the booch cast salud all right cherry top i'll see you sunday see you sunday fucker <laughs> all right jesus christ why are you pissing off the don are you out of your goddamn mind Look, I know you got your issues with Italians, but don't get us fucking shot over here, asshole. He starts it. I, I, I don't care who starts it. I don't want to die because you have an ego problem. I have no clue what you're talking about. Wow. I, <laughs> wow. See, this is why I keep him around. I know if he gets arrested, they will not be able to interrogate him. They'll torture themselves trying to get, they'll torture themselves trying to get answers out of him. It's not going to work. Fucking Jesus. This man with a straight face can be like, I wasn't even there. What the fuck? Moving we on. Come on. All right. All right. Jesus. So on that note, uh, we cut to we see um, we cut to uh, Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport, who apparently get into a fight in a fucking convenience store. Uh, apparently, Roxanne grabs a shopping cart, slams it into Blair Davenport. She takes her jacket off. Notice it doesn't get caught in her wrist, and then she throws her around the fucking uh, store. Picks up a plastic car, puts up a cardboard box, sorry, and starts hitting Blair Davenport with it. She's just throwing cardboard boxes at her, grabs her by the hair, slams her, oh, with the fucking freezer door. I mean, this bitch is violent. And then, of course, Roxanne starts talking all her shit, and she basically says, this is a taste of what you're gonna get at the Great American Bash, and you know, basically leaves her lane. The police sirens come, and she basically walks out of the uh, convenience store. First and foremost, if you're gonna beat the crap out of somebody, don't do a bunch of cameras around, and make sure, and the, the other part, the, the cashier guy was saying, in there recording and, and if that was me I was like 911 yes police officers there's two crazy bitches throwing my store right here please come do something about it if I was one of them saw the first siren I hear Vinny what do you think I'm gonna do well see you're gonna call the police cause you got a fucking brain see this is the thing though and this is why I kinda like this cause here's the thing about wrestling that evolves over time I'll say is that professional wrestling entertains audiences and is a reflection of society in most cases you have to keep up with the times 
in a lot of in some cases not all cases but some cases for example back before back before the invention of the TV everybody listened to the radio for entertainment so back then people would listen to pro wrestling matches on the radio and back then they were small rooms and you know the ring and the area didn't look that great except for the people who actually bought tickets and went to the fights so back then it didn't really matter how great the building looked it didn't need to be looking amazing then came television once the TV was invented it mattered how things looked so they had to adapt to certain things then eventually they had to get sponsors and companies and commercials and shit like that now we live in an age of social media so now they have to talk about Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat fucking uh, TikTok and all the other pages that are out there now so that's what you need to do is adapt with the times and nowadays what do we see most of the time a lot of news bulletins and a lot of videos on social media of people getting in fights in stores how many viral videos have we seen of people countless get- countless countless yeah. countless like the one in Florida remember that one Vinny uh, vaguely was that the one with the, the, the sweet tea guy no it was the one with the lady in Walmart who had a knife and the, the cop was like right we talked about that on a variety yeah, show yeah, so like, put it down you dumb bitch put it down it's like okay Bzzz. The fact that he had to say it like 10 or 15 times before he tasered her, that's a pussy fucking cop. I'm sorry. With me, you get three. With me, you get two. As, and I do three because it's like baseball. Three strikes, you're out. It's how we're all mentally raised. That's why you do threes. You go, put down the knife. Put down the knife or I'm going to shoot. Put the fucking knife down. All right. Now, there you go. You're fucking done. Now, but also, that ca- that cashier did what everybody else does. When you see a fight, that's what people do. They pull out their phones and they video record. No one thinks to call 911. No one thinks to break the fight up. No one should checks to see if the person's alright. They just film so that way they know, oh, I can post on social media and get a bunch of likes and comments and, and retweets and everyone will love me, like me, like me. That's how fucking sick people are. Yeah, that's true. And the, and if you do that, you're not going to be like, you go like, dumbass, 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 dumbass. Sorry, when a cop pulls a taser or a gun, this is exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You pull a gun on me, that I'm done at that point. Whatever was... Remember what Jar Jar said in, in the uh, Phantom Menace. Hands up. I give up. I give up. I give, I give up. up. I give up. Fuck that. <laughs> no. If somebody's actually been arrested, yeah, yeah, like, nope. Uh-uh. I don't want to get tased. I don't want to get sprayed. I don't want to get shot. I'm good. I want to live. Because I actually heard getting tased hurts like a motherfucker. You see it all the time on, like, dude, there's like, taser guns. Like, no. You see that big yellow freaking pencil thing? They got a taser gun. Oh, yeah. They will tase your ass. Now, apparently at the Great American Bash, we're going to see Blair Davenport, Roxanne Perez, and they're in a weapons wild match. I have no idea what the fuck this is supposed to mean. I think it's a match where various blunt weapons are made available along the padded barriers at ringside and are all legal. Wrestlers are armed with at least one weapon when they start the match and the match originated in NXT. So basically, they start the match with a weapon already in their hand. And then there's multiple weapons around ringside. And that's basically what's going to happen. Now, to my knowledge, from what I'm seeing on the card, and we're going to go run down the card one last time before we wrap the show up there's no other weapons related matches on this card which is again why I'm okay with this because we're only going to see one we're not going to see several so this is pretty much the only like it's an, it's not the only no DQ match but it's the only no DQ match that weapons should be used so if this is a weapons wild match no 
nobody else should be using weapons at all on this fucking card. Unless you're using a weapon that's not going to be used in that match. Like hitting somebody with a title belt. That's okay. Or a chain wrapped around the hand. Because I doubt either one of them is going to use a chain. So those kind of weapons are okay. But in a weapons wild match, nobody else should be using weapons that night. I'll tell everybody on the card, do not use a weapon unless for these specific weapons here. Because at that point, no. No. And then we cut to Supernova Sessions. <laughs> the metaphor are in the ring. Noam Dar is still catatonic. Last Legend, Oro Mensa and Jakara Jackson prop Dar up. Legend announces Dar as the real Heritage Cup champion. They make the point that Nathan Frazier didn't beat Dar for the cup. Legend says they have a way to cheer Dar up. They reveal a replica Heritage Cup. Dar finally wakes up and celebrates with his new but fake cup. Frazier and Dragon Lee interrupt. Lee and Frazier are looking for a fight. Mensa says there is four of them and only two of them. Valentina Faraz and Ulisa Leon hop the barricade and attack Legend and Jackson. Lee and Frazier then take out Mensa and Dar. No. God, no. No. Fuck. Meh. Fuck meh. Meh. Fuck my life. Fuck, fuck meh. it all. I really have nothing to say. That cup is useless. Everybody in there except for Lash Leslin is useless like a tits on a fucking boar hog. This was misery. This was dumb. I had nothing to say about this. And I was like, can we get this over with, please? You guys are making the wrestling world look bad. So, with that being said, you're being punished. Vinny, destroy it. Why the fuck did this have to happen? Seriously? This is what gets Noam done. Dar out of his fucking funk. He's fucking catatonic. He's frozen there. He's depressed. Because I don't have my heritage cup. You make a fake heritage cup and that's enough to wake this asshole up. Get the fuck out of here. This is so poorly fucking written. This is the dumbest fucking shit that I have ever seen in wrestling. And I have seen some dumb fucking shit. I cannot fucking believe what I'm fucking seeing on my fucking TV screen. It just makes you want to go holy fucking shit can you believe this fucking shit is on your fucking television who wrote this fucking shit i can't believe it i mean i'm looking at this fucking heritage cup and all i can think is when are they finally gonna get this off the fucking tv how much longer do we need to see him walk around with a giant heritage cup i'd be like fuck you i don't want a fucking heritage cup I want a fucking title because I want to be a real fucking champion. So now they got an eight-person mixed tag team match. Now they're going to put guys and girls in a fucking match. And I hate when they put guys and girls in a fucking match because they always bury the fucking guys, emasculate them, strip them of their fucking manhood. Oh, I fucking hate it. This is fucking boring. And at least it's on the pre-show because thank God if they put it on the actual show, it would be a fucking embarrassment and you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna give the creative team a fucking brain that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna give them a fucking brain I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna teach them how to properly book a fucking show and when they can finally get a great fucking show and they can start getting ratings you as the fans can say yeah the fucking booch made that shit fucking happen God bless you all and God bless America thank you that was wonderful that's all I have to say and now we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. This one is interesting.
morning, we got Lyra Valkyra versus Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio. Now, tell you the truth, how small of a size that Lyra Valkyra is, is compared to Ripley. These two ladies beat the living shit out of each other, did they not, Vinny? This was stellar. This was a stellar fucking match. This put women's this made women's wrestling look good. And there was a couple false finishes. And then um, I think did Dominic get involved? I didn't see it. Okay. Um, he did, but not really. Basically, what happened was um, at one point, uh, Lyra was going for a baseball slide, but uh, Dominic pushed Rhea out of the way, and she ended up kicking Dominic instead of Rhea. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's why he was holding his face from running away. That's like he goes, yeah, okay, that's, okay, yeah. But otherwise, than that I thought this was actually fantastic. This whole card tonight, except for one match, was good. This was a good going home show before good going home show. I thought it was great, Benny. Your thoughts? This was stellar. This was the match of the night for me. This was match of the night right here. They're in the tag team. Uh, yes. I okay. mean, I like the tag team match. It did what it needed to do. I don't hate any of the guys involved, but this was a knockdown, drag them out brawl. Because here's the thing: the, no disrespect to the tag guys, tag team match, but the family had to be very careful because you're at the go home show. So when you're wrestling, you kind of have to, or what you should do is you want to put on a good match, but you go through the motions. You don't really put it ever put it all on the line because you don't want to risk injury prior to a pay-per-view. I'll say that one more time. You don't want to risk injury prior to a pay-per-view. AEW. Mostly them, yeah. Why I always think it's stupid. Whenever I see people in a high-profile match wrestling on the go-home show, I get very uncomfortable because you're literally risking those people getting injured prior to the pay-per-view and fucking up your pay-per-view just so they can have a show-stealing match on free TV. Fuck free TV. You don't need to have a stellar match on free TV. Just go through the motions, have a little basic match, and then go to the pay-per-view and steal the show there. You know why? Why? You'll make more money. Make that paper. I know some of you out there are like, well, there's more to life than just money. Yeah, you say that until you're retired and then you realize, oh shit, I don't have any money. So now I have to go out and get a real fucking job. I had to learn the hard way, didn't I, Vinny? You and a lot of people. Anyways. I'm talking about mostly people in the business, but if you want to make this about you, you can. But what I'm saying is, stellar. Ripley and Valkyra damn near killed each other. These two were literally fighting back and forth and Valkyra was showing how tough she is. Because apparently and this is something that I forgot in the midst of everything because my, my mind's been a blur after the match is over, you know Ripley hits the uh, the riptide, gets the win. After the match she grabs Valkyra by the face and says, beat JC Jane and prove her right. Show me you can be the best. So really, Rhea Ripley in that moment, even though she's technically a heel, that was a baby face moment for Rhea Ripley because she was trying to toughen up Valkyra. So in a way, that was Ripley allowing Valkyra to get the rub because that's how you help somebody shine even in defeat. If they put on a great match and almost beat you, but you still manage to win and you do something like that, that's how that works. An example of that is on SmackDown when Edge fought Grayson Waller in Madison Square Garden. Grayson Waller had his first official match in WWE and he says it's going to be time for you to sink or swim. They had a match. It went very well. Edge won in the end. And then after the match, he grabbed the microphone. Grayson Waller's laying in the uh, laying with his head on the bottom turnbuckle, like exhausted and kind of humbled in a way. And Edge walked up to him and said, hey, Waller, you swam and threw the mic at him and walked away. So he basically told him, hey, you stepped up, kid. You proved you can hang with a Hall of Famer. So right there, Grayson Waller got the, he got the rub. He lost the match, but got the rub. That's exactly what happened to Valkyra here. So what needs to happen is her and JC Jane need to have a match. Obviously, 
it's not going to happen at the Great American Bash unless they add it the last minute. They can probably have it on TV next week or the week after. And Valkyra needs to go over on JC. This is now the time to push Valkyra as a credible wrestler that can potentially become a future NXT Women's Champion. Because she just earned it in this match with Rhea Ripley. And that's why I'm glad they're allowing the Judgment Day and other veterans to come down to NXT that are free agents. Even though the Judgment Day is not really free agents. But it helps because the only way that the NXT talent is going to get better is by working with established talent. That's the only way they're going to improve. That's the only way they're going to get better. You can't get better as a young guy working with other young guys. You can't. It's impossible because they don't have the experience. You need legends to work with in the ring. You need legends to guide you. You need legends to teach you. You need ring generals to guide, to help you. And you need to have enough respect for the business and be humble enough to listen to that veteran. Because that veteran's going to tell you the right way to do things. That veteran's not going to screw you over. You know why he's not going to screw you over? Because he don't want to look bad in that ring either. So he's not going to give you bad information because if he gives you bad information and you screw up, it makes him look stupid too. And he don't want to look stupid. I guarantee you. So that's a key thing here. And Valkyra showed she could step up. And Ripley showed that she can teach well. I hope to see Ripley wrestle more matches in NXT, work with more women, and help them get to a level where they can be top stars. Because every top star wants the younger talent to get better on some level. Unless you're unless you're an arrogant piece of shit, then they'll hold you down. But if you're somebody that has the stuff and wants to learn and is willing and has the potential to be great, they're gonna want there because let me tell you something. They all need dance partners. And uh, and like I said, it's like I said before, a mark will look at you and say we can have a great match. A real wrestler will look at you and say we can make money because they want somebody they can make money with. Money. And now we move on to the final segment here. We got Trick Williams who comes out to the ring. He says he knows Hayes is going to take care of business at the Great American Bash. This isn't about that. He wants Dragonov's ass in the ring right now. Dragonov power walks to the ring. Williams meets Dragonov on the ramp with a drop kick. Williams pummels Dragonov, sending him into the barricade in the ring steps. Williams leaps off the ring steps in, into a knee strike from Dragonov. Dragonov lands three consecutive German suplexes out on the floor. Dragonov beats down Williams. Williams grabs Dragonov, lands a knockout shot, followed by another leaping knockout shot. Williams is out cold. Dragonov drags Williams into the corner and sets up the torpedo. Moscow. Hayes hits the ring, stands in front of Williams to protect him. Dragonov obliterates Hayes with a torpedo. Moscow. Dragonov picks up a mic and says, Hayes is an honorable man. After the Great American Bash, all Hayes will have left is his friendship with Williams since he will be the new NXT champion. I thought this was a great closing segment right here. Trick Williams came out there. It's like, I'm pissed. Get your ass out of here so we can fight. They fought. They went all over the ring. And look what happened. You really think that uh, uh that Trick Williams was going to beat down Dragonoff? No fucking way. Not the big, not the go home show. And of course, like Vinny said, that uh, Carmelo tried to save his, uh, tried to protect his friend. That epically failed. We'll see what happens. And I'm eager to see the main event, Hayes against Dragonoff. I don't care who wins. I just want a good uh, main event. That's it. Oh, we're definitely going to get a good main event. Those two can fucking deliver. And obviously, this was a good beat down. Um, obviously, you know, Dragonoff is standing. So that kind of helps to create the doubt of whether or not Carmelo is going to retain. And also, Trick Williams needed to be knocked out because, like I said, Dragonoff didn't need to be knocked out before the match. I really didn't like the idea of Carmelo Hayes being taken out either, but he was trying to protect his friend, and Hayes kind of had to take the blow there. But if anything, that's going to motivate Carmelo to want to go out to that ring and really fight now, because that's what we're getting. We're going to see a brawl. We're going to see a fight. We're going to see a battle of epic proportions between 
between these two men. And I'm looking forward to it. Damn, looking forward to it. Same here. And real quick, before we uh, wrap up this uh, edition of NXT, uh, we got to do one quick rundown here. And that is for the NXT Great American Bash this Sunday. Now, obviously, we're skipping the pre-show because we don't talk about the pre-show here. We don't do pre-show like we don't do preseason in football or baseball. Exactly. So we have Dominic Mysterio defending the North American Championship against Mustafa Ali and Wes Lee. Um, I think Do- I think Dominic's going to retain. I think Dominic's going to retain, too. Uh, I don't think they're going to take the title off him anytime time soon because I think he can do a lot of good with that belt especially with the Judgment Day winning but if he's if he's going to lose I would rather Mustafa Ali take it obviously yes next we have the submission match Tiffany Stratton versus Thea Hale with uh, Chase University um, I don't know how to feel about this I think Tiffany Stratton is going to retain but if Thea Hale wins and that's going to be a big shot I'll be happy like I'll be a ha- happy motherfucker that happens well here's the thing it's a submission match I don't know Tiffany to have any submissions I would like to for her to have a match tonight on the go home, just a just a basic match, and have to be not have to be long, but just enough for her to show off a submission move or something, or to show she has submission moves to make this work. Because I don't think Tiffany has anything in her arsenal. I'm gonna be intrigued to see what she brings, but I'm gonna be brutally honest. I think Thea's finally gonna win the title. I think they're gonna take they're gonna give it to her. The Andre Chase Chihuahua becomes the champion. Yes, I, I'm calling it right now. I think Thea takes the belt. All right, all right, cool, 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 cool. All right, match number four: Gallus defending the titles against. The family. We already know how we all both feel about this match. The yes, family needs the to go over. Family needs to go over. This is Tony and Stack's time, and I think it's going to be an epic tag match. Uh, Baron Corbin against Gable Stevenson. Uh, this is a hard one to call. I want. I would say Baron Corbin since they're building him up, but since Gable Stevenson is debuting, I think they're going to give it to Gable, especially if he's sticking around actually for NXT. Very true. Like, but unless he cha- unless he's changing his mind and deciding to go for another Olympic gold medal. If he decides to go for another Olympic gold medal, then Corbin needs to go over because Corbin's going to be sticking around. But if Gable's going to actually stay in NXT and say fuck the gold medal, fuck the third NCAA championship, I'm happy where, I'm happy being with one gold medal and two NCAA titles, then Gable needs to go over so he can start establishing himself as a dominant wrestler that he is. Yes. And Gable needs to go over. And then Corbin can use that loss to further tell his story and then start getting wins against different people. Very true. All right, match number six. A match I really do not give two shits about. Blair Dyerpaul against Roxanne Perez. Vinny, I think this is going to be the piss break. It, most likely, yes, but only because I have a very scary feeling I think Roxanne's going to go over. I don't want her to go over. Me too. But I think with the fact that they're giving her this new anger streak, and again, she's Booker T's protege. Protege. Prodigy. That's what I'm, I think I'm trying to say. And I don't think they're going to have Blair go over. I would like to see Blair go over to be a more dominant heel, because i like to see the other people that Blair put on the shelf also come back and try to get a fight with her. And I think that would be helpful because I'm 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 just I'm not a fan of Roxanne Perez. No, I know so you're not. I have a feeling Roxanne's gonna go over and I'm gonna hate it. This is probably the one match that's gonna piss me off. Well I or I mean there might be other matches depending on how they end, but this match is I think this is the one match that's guaranteed to piss me off and give me a rant. And then of course there's the main event Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov. This is a hard one to call. I don't know if Carmelo's ready to lose the title yet. I like Dragunov off though so and I I'm feel 50, like 50. here's the thing I think the women's title is going to change hands I think the tag titles are going to change hands I don't think they want multiple titles that, that more than those that change hands on the show so since I think Dominic's going to retain the North American title I'm going to go with Carmelo I think Carmelo's going to retain now I'll be happy no matter who wins because they're both badasses very true but I do think Carmelo's going to retain yeah same here 
All right. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up uh, this recap of NXT. Zach, thank you for taking the time of your busy schedule to join us. And uh, I'll see you Sunday for the Great American Bash. If I can. You'll know if he's not here, folks. All right. Well, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Check out the male soap opera moment if you haven't already to see our uh, predictions for Money in the Bank. See who was right and who was wrong. Be on the lookout for the recap of Money in the Bank uh, coming soon to the Boochcast. We're supposed to tape it last week, but Wens had a bunch of uh, bullshit internet tech issues. Now it's tech issues on his end instead of mine. So we're going to have to probably record it this Friday. And I got a bunch of other shit I'm recording on Friday. So I'm, I'm going to have a cram-filled day. But be on the lookout for that Money in the Bank recap coming because we got to make sure we get it done before we do the, uh, you know, SummerSlam predictions. So all that to the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get his tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Make sure you check out the videos we got up there now. We have uh, both complaint times up right now uh, with uh, Zach and I, along with Jerry, dealing with a broken coffee machine and Zach trying to explain to servers how to properly stack the fucking plates in the restaurant. No. Okay. Ball lid. Check it out. <laughs> so make sure you guys also follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. Make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. And of course, we have a live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have a second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it to the Peacock, I got nowhere to put that $9.99. Ted $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans who are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and please would be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done. We use the rest to feed good old Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try, heavily try, try harder at anything that I've ever tried hard at before to get him laid. Ladies, please fuck him so we can change his theme song. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza baby! <laughs> Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care.
Oh, yeah. I'll approach and goodbye till when we meet again.